I'm really happy to introduce Ziga Mazizov, who is uh, based at London, but also has a visiting uh, lectureship at uh, Alpenadria in Austria. And he's going to be talking to us about the temporal ordering of things in Husserl and the temporalization of consciousness. Thank you, Ziga. Thank you very much. Hey. Uh, excuse me? I'll tell you if you've got 10 minutes in five minutes. 10 minutes? No, I'll tell you when it's 10 minutes through your presentation. Okay. I will make sure that I'm looking at you. Um, a temporal order of things who sells temporal objects and the industrial temporalization of consciousness, the full title of uh, my talk. When I uh, applied, uh, I specified my work, and it is rightly specified, under a section of technology, although I am not a pure technocrat. And my question, the question of technology is crucial to my work, both as a philosopher and artist, in terms of understanding technologies as objects of time. Given the significance of technology and its relevance to our everyday lives, it's not simply discursive matter, but it also has become an existential question, or it has become an existential one in general. This includes the recent uh, threat of nuclear disaster on the one hand, and the proliferation of technologies of information that often disorients and disturbs on the other hand. Um, the cinema, for example, that reveals the existential questions of our daily, daily routines and the media which connects us to contaminated mundane experience of people worldwide and the necessity to explore the role it plays in the constitution of subjects since technologies are more and more replace memory. Google could be one of the good examples of this uh, temporal object. This is before everything makes prominent the nature of the human existence as temporal. A philosophical argument of the temporal objects in this process constantly provides a parallax view. That means returning subjects to a starting point from another perspective that is not the point of origin, but the point of the remind of the partial and temporal nature of the world itself. Uh, the French philosopher uh, Bernard Schigler calls it montage consciousness, the perspective that becomes more and more the horizon of the contemporary existence that consists of objects that quickly appears and disappears, which constantly reminds the sentiment by Paul Cezanne. At the early 20th century, he said, if you want to know things, you have to hurry, because things disappear very quickly. Argu arguably, things do not disappear, and they become internalized without being aware of this internalization by subjects that could be called uh, external being internalized. And that's a very important uh, question. In these settings, I have been researching the concept of a temporal object coined by the magnificent philosopher Edmund Husserl and it's uh, in the book, uh, uh, Internal Time Consciousness, and also elsewhere, he returns back to this question. He coined the term in order to show that the object, object of inquiry, as it was called by Kant in the first place, in himself, the intention of the consciousness directed towards objects of the world is a temporal state of the investigation itself. 
This temporal state creates the condition for the existence of the temporal object, which gives the uh, striking evidence, as it says. A temporal object means that the object is not only in time, but it is constituted through time. And this flux coincides with the flux of consciousness. A temporal object plays the role in the constitution of the subject, since it is an object towards which the consciousness is directed. The temporal object is a part of the content that it translates, this content of the world. The consciousness is also part of this content, uh, content, but there is a difference. The temporal object perceived as a result of the intention may be developed by the consciousness differently. The consciousness may accept this object, but also may reject it. In both cases, the consciousness performs the evidence, whereas the temporal object makes evidence available. The consciousness is the intention of the subject. The temporal object is the intentionality of the world. The subject takes intentionality from the object as a trace of the world, in some cases putting it in brackets when the trace doesn't explain the phenomena, whereas in other cases opening brackets. Temporal objects remain as such after being grasped too, again because, because of the difference. For example, in the arithmetic operation of dividing a smaller number to a bigger one, this subtract, subtracted number is memorized to be added later. It shows that being in time is the same as holding something in memory that will be remembered later. Um, this idea is developed by Stigler. Obviously, you can feel that there is a student who applied the notion of temporal objects to his critique of the technical industrial tempor temporalization of the consciousness under the pressure of hyper-industrialization. I would like to insist that in this process, a problem of a fatal separation between the object and the subject is created and continues to influence contemporary thought in relation to techniques and memory. Just passing, by passing, I would like to point out that Husserl was aware of this as the separation between being and everyday uh, life, or Lebensfeld. And Stigler continues this line of critique of the division of techniques and transindividuation. Stigler argues that because memory now is a recorded memory, it's recorded in technology and in Google everywhere. Uh, and any question of remembering and forgetting is resided within the techniques. The triad of technique, technicity, and technology. This is very important that it is just not pure technology. It's a, a contaminated notion of techniques that he borrows from Gilbert Simondon in his uh, in his turn. Any act of remembering creates return to a primal Im impulse, and as a result of returns and retrievals, memory, both remembrance and oblivion, is disseminated elsewhere in history of culture. Following Derrida, Stigler believes that any dissemination provides the way towards the deconstruction of primary impulse, and the return to a primary impulse is a constant elaboration of disseminated memory in repetition and difference. The return intensifies the possibility of remembering. On the other hand, forgetting should also be taken into the account. In this way or another, relying on, relying on technologies, to, uh, technologies for reasons of memory substitutes our own technique 
a primary given that comes before thought. Joining together techniques and thinking are constantly discovering a mechanism to constitute the subject. The constitution of the subject is taking place at the discovery of the mechanism, and the mechanism brings together techniques and thinking. The mechanism, which I will talk about in, in a minute more, uh, is linking together techniques and thought. Since the link between the techniques and thought may be broken and joined again, the mechanism is articulated in time, and as such, it is manifested in a temporal object. A temporal object that links and relinks while trying to grasp configuration of time imprinted in techniques and thought. Husserl stated, states that an object comes before the consciousness and it is a temporal object to us which the consciousness is directed. In order to demonstrate the role retention is played in memory, he gives an example of listening to the music on the gramophone. That's an example Mark brought yesterday, Marek brought yesterday. He specifies two retentions. The first retention, also uh, sometimes called perception, is coming across the melody. Uh, and the second time, uh, what's also called image consciousness by him, it is remembering what is heard before. Stigler reconsiders the third retention. He's saying that he had forgotten the third retention, that technology itself, that is a gramophone. The gramophone, uh, through this third retention, uh, originally highlights the fact of the selection, this is another third thing, selection of primary retentions by consciousness. This third retention is also called a technical object, maybe Google, external to any internal consciousness. He introduced, uh, Stigler introduced the term to show that the third retention, the technology itself, as a temporal object assisting memory. I found that it is not sufficient to consider temporal objects and their role played in memory, and the temporal object needs to be understood as an unfinished, and this unfinished state is in the, in it is being enclosed and op uh, therefore open to uh, influences. Therefore, I would like to add to this term uh, temporal, a notion of the enclosed, so to, to call it temporal enclosed objects. The third retention itself is a double retention. It is a temporal and it's enclosed at the same time. The evidence provided by the temporal object is, is um, the basis to which to return since the trace of the world is resided at the point of the intention. Therefore, the consciousness is not a final state of being. And to remember means going back to the temporal object and back to the consciousness again until, albeit temporarily, a certain understanding takes place. To understand something means to start a new inquiry and to retrieve intentional objects again and again. Stigler doesn't explain it uh, uh, completely, but instead he elaborates on Husserl's temporal objects as completely formed by the technology. The third retention is not reductive, but constitute, constitutive of the primary retention. The secondary retention by Husserl is called image consciousness. Stigler insists that the consciousness is impossible without the techniques. That is a primary source of retention and memory, and therefore it is formed as the recorded memory, as I said already. Uh, like uh, it is recorded on the USB card. 
what is very crucial to this process is the temporary nature of recording itself and its being associative. Besides, it shows that no origin of memory and consequently knowledge is possible. And instead, there is a beginning, an intention that opens up by providing a terrain of knowing by remembering and learning from temporal objects that contains the recorded memory. At this point, I would like to uh, recall the question specified in the fifth uh, Cartesian meditation, uh, in fifth meditation of Cartesian meditations uh, by Husserl. <clears throat> The question actually is, uh, yesterday was a conversation precisely goes like this, uh, the famous question. Uh, what does the presence of the other in the horizon of my sphere of my ownness alter in my habits? So he does not completely reject the other. He says, what it does do to my ownness? <clears throat> um, so the the thing is that in this, in the horizon of earnest, there is something is absent. And this uh, absence by the self is a thought itself. The thinking is absent. But it becomes intensified, or maybe intensified, by the uh, um, encounter with temporal objects that remind, as a reminder, they, they keep reminding uh, of objects, of something being there. The complicated thing is here is that with the proliferation of images in our times, especially, uh, or techniques, with the proliferation of subjects, ideas, Google, everything can give us to everything, this dissemination of thought has taken place. So thought is disseminated, dissipated and disseminated at the same time. Um, but at the same time, the dissemination itself brings for us the possibility of uh, thinking of a technique of making present what's not uh, as absent. Um, um, the engagement um, by Stigler includes this moment of Husserl's um, solipsistic problem, which um, I just explained. And he also brings into this uh, uh, very exciting project Derrida's question of difference, which uh, I'm, I have no time to explain, but uh, basically this is a, a lot to do with dissemination. Uh, that on the one hand, there is a forgetting, on the other hand, there is a remembrance. When we uh, make a research on the Google, it may also, it may passively uh, uh, bring for us uh, an object on the other hand, it also makes us think of something, or knowledge, in fact. It can bring us a, a certain knowledge. Um, there is always, and but very important thing is said that there is always the other. And because of this alterity, the temporal objects becomes accessible to philosophy and to consciousness in general. The question remains the question of accepting this possibility to understand. I realize the temporality of the object is crucial to understanding of time in general and to associations in particular. Husserl himself used the term in relation to temporal objects, internal time consciousness, which is close to my own use. Temporal and closed objects are emerging with the intention of the uh, consciousness towards the object. In other words, there should be an intention directed towards objects. 
Otherwise, they are not open. They are enclosed, and the intention to understand them helps to turn objects into one's own repertoire. In a simple example, when we buy a new computer, we can personalize, personalize, personalize the system. But if one doesn't know about it, um, the computer may be not very useful. I will um, go to the... Um, I leave a very big uh, uh, paragraph. Temporal objects constantly constitute contemporary consciousness because we are constantly being in touch with technologies. This constant being in touch with techniques is called by some transhumanism, but this is a normal state of affairs achieved with the proliferation of techniques. Although I like the use of the prefix trans, which indicates that any constitution of the subject is a matter of translation. And I already mentioned that proliferation makes technology more mundane that was once distanced from the human imagination. Technologies are largely created as a result of the scientific and philosophical thinking has an interesting moment. If the science, philosophy, and art creates a distance from subjects because of their complexity, or as Husserl would say, the mathematization that made everyday complex, that is separated, separated, then the everyday use of technology is made for the human use puts subjects back into touch with products of science. And when the users explore technology, they are using ideas that made technologies possible. This is why, uh, this is how, uh, this is the way how temporal objects are articulated in technical objects, and while using it, subjects are connected to this origin, origin without any, uh, even having an idea of this connection. This connection creates the difference, and technical objects are as transcendental intentions translated back into the subject. The intentions in temporal objects are translated into the realm of everyday objects in that way. Temporalization of the subjectivity is a product of the pers persistence of temporal objects. It also provides a pharmacological effect, as Stigler puts it, uh, after Plato and Derrida. On the one hand, it is giving a necessity uh, assistance to improve as a transhumanist dream of some, including Stigler. On the other hand, the, the capacity to separate and classify strictly as the separation between the object and subject results in the identity thinking as was predicted by Adorno before the proliferation of technology in the middle, middle, middle 20th century and is taken up by Stigler again in time. In order to escape the strict separation and to create new mutants like pure technocrats and humanoids, there is a need to think of the complex question of connectivity. The proliferation of temporal objects creates a, creates a panoramic, panoramic vision of a constantly changing consciousness, or it creates a montage consciousness, which accordingly creates not only objects, but also temporal subjects. The world appears to us as temporal objects, what we recall in details, we perceive as whole pictures, like a film that consists of the parts, gives an impression of the whole stretched to the limits of the screen. And Bernard Stigler's organology uh, uh, is bringing together these parts to build a possible whole picture that works as if the body without organs combined together. Thank you.